Tom Macero, Great American Mining. Thank you for joining the program. Here today, we're going to talk a little bit about Bitcoin, a little bit about emission management, and a news story that I saw out of the Houston Chronicle talking about uh, some, basically, a lot of what you guys are doing up in the Bakken. Uh, they were talking about introducing this technology down to the Permian. I'm not familiar if, if you are sure if you've seen this story, if you guys are down in the Permian, uh, or if you're just strictly in the Bakken. So I, you're just kind of my Bitcoin guy, uh, the guru. And I just wanted to find out more about that because people, the, the, this technology is here. And the quicker you get on this, the more money you're going to make for your company if you're involved in the oil and gas business. So, uh, Tom, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jason. Thanks for having me on. Well, I didn't mean to start off the program by giving you a plug, but right now people are looking for opportunities and, and new ways to make money because with the COVID-19 shut down, a lot of the traditional arteries to create revenue are just blocked up. And so people are looking for non-traditional ways to make money. And Bitcoin mining is is a very interesting way to do that. And we've tracked your success up in the Bakken a little bit. And then I see this news story pop up out of the Permian. And I thought, well, I think I'm going to give uh, Tom a call and see what's going on. So have you seen the story out of Houston? Yes, absolutely. So what's the lowdown on that is... Um, I, my understanding is Houston has a little bit different of a gas. I'm sorry, the Permian has a, a dry gas and the Bakken has a wet gas. So, you know, the, the emission management is a completely different animal. So my guess is probably the equipment that you guys use or they would use would have to be different. Talk to me a little bit about that equipment side of things when we're talking about uh, mining Bitcoin by using uh, emission management and flaring sure so there, there's two primary differences between uh bitcoin mining in the bakken and like the permian one of one of the main things uh that's allowed i would say the bakken to get a little bit ahead um in this particular vertical is due to the regulations around the flaring caps that are associated with production in the bakken uh the Permian doesn't uh, have any of that yet, even though that I think maybe we'll kind of get into this a little bit later. Is that that's they're doing something? They're going to do something about the flaring. We don't know exactly what they're going to do, but it is an issue that they need to get a hold of. Um, so, just from a uh, an incentive point of view, the producers here have a an incentive to try to figure out uh, how to curb the you know the, the flaring and so we come in along with a you know a number of other type of uh, solutions that say hey we can scratch your itch and that's the flaring reduction the 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 what the difference i would say that that changes things in the permian is they have more access to pipelines down there and can get their gas to market um they will i think what will end up happening in, in texas is it will become more capitalism focused whereas this is more regulatory focused up in north dakota so you will have uh, energy companies investing in their own infrastructure to become their own digital pipelines which is ultimately what we see in the future of bitcoin mining is the actual eps become uh, their own digital pipelines and create their own markets and so the one big 
thing that's a, a challenge down there that no one has cracked yet is being able to mine Bitcoin in that hot weather and in that climate down there, primarily because these containerized solutions that we have and, and some of our other competitors, they produce an immense amount of heat and they require a lot of cool air to be moved through to keep the little computers running efficiently. And so um, due to the heat that's down there, uh, it the solution that we have and that others have here in North Dakota will simply not work uh, down in Texas. So there's kind of a, a little bit of an arms race that's going on between you know, five or six of us right now to, to develop a solution that will work specifically in Texas, and that will most likely be based around liquid immersion. I do want to apologize. It's Easy Blockchain. I thought it was a Bitcoin company, but they're a blockchain, and they do crypt cryptocurrency. So uh, they may or may not be Bitcoin. Are you familiar with Easy Blockchain? I don't know if they're a competitor of yours or if they're just in something completely different. Yeah, no, they're they're mining Bitcoin. I think it's just a kind of a nomenclature uh, difference with the name. Okay, because I'm I'm looking at the story right now. Of course, we'll have it linked on the interview, so if somebody wants to reference it, they can. But I see what you mean. They've got all kinds of big fans and and blowing deals. And I've read where you know servers a lot of times they got to submerge them uh, below the earth to keep it cool and then they got air conditioners on top of that so i can imagine down in that texas hot summer sun where it's 115 degrees on a regular day that uh it would be very difficult to keep a computer going i mean you can barely keep a computer in your car on a hot day without it shutting down while you're driving just because the you know the, the sun bakes on it and that type of thing um Boy, that is quite a race down there. I don't know if you want to comment on that at all, but uh, it just seems like the, the, the cooling equipment is, is it would take a lot of energy in itself. Yeah, I think that's where the article maybe is a little, I wouldn't call it misleading, but I think there are some false uh, hopes that are kind of presented in that article with that particular um, unit that's displayed. I think, you know, later on in that article, it says that, that specific unit is being used on the east coast where you know uh in that type of climate it's it's much more applicable there is not to my knowledge a purpose use uh application right now to put on uh well pads in the permian that anyone has in production currently how about what the Texas Railroad Commission, have they talked about bitcoin mining at all you mentioned up in North Dakota that almost due to regulation created a marketplace or allowed this type of technology to at least have a, a presence there. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the Texas Railroad Commission. What's happening there? Are you seeing them getting involved by you know doing what maybe North Dakota did or do you not want that? Just uh, let's talk a little Texas Railroad Commission. Sure. Yeah, no, that's an interesting time. You had one of the, uh, I want to say one of the, um, uh, politicians that that is in the running for that on what like a couple of weeks ago we did yes we did um and i forget her name so a uh, part of me on this but she she's running on the democrat side uh she is pro oil and gas industry however this is kind of like the staple in terms of her campaign and from what it looks like even some of the other uh even on the republican side it, it is kind of a a, a bipartisan effort to figure out like how to deal with flaring. Uh, I think they're going to tackle it from a, 
different angle. I haven't heard anyone speak specifically of Bitcoin being, you know, an alternative for it. The use cases that I've heard in terms of how the Texas Railroad Commission races is, is uh, how they're kind of approaching the, um, the the flaring issue is that they want to turn that latent energy, which is, you know, it's free energy that's coming out of the ground and turn that into power and, uh, you know, essentially help power the grid with it. Um, this is where Bitcoin uh, mining can help because the way that energy grids work is that they can be, uh, they're kind of inefficient, right? So you've got these mixtures of of um, renewables, which Texas has a lot of, have a lot of solar and wind. However, they don't work at night uh, or they don't work when the uh, wind isn't blowing. And so that then requires these non, and I you know put air quotes, uh, non-renewable um, uh, components like natural gas, peaker plants, or, or other uh, types of power generation to kind of fill that need. And so what the system or what the grid actually needs it's some type of base load that these not or that these peaker plants or that you know the, there can be some stabilization that can take place and so bitcoiners are kind of coming in to fulfill that role where we can say you know what we will take a base load consistently 95% of the time and then and then that 5% of the time where you need to uh, if there's enough demand in the market, say they've got a heat wave going on in Houston, they can tell the Bitcoin miner to turn off. In fact, they pay the Bitcoin miner to turn off so they can direct that energy uh, out to the grid. So it's a it's a very interesting use case in Texas. They have their own grid, so they're not connected to any of the other grids in the United States. It's uh, it's unregulated and it is very much uh, uh, very open and a very capitalistic uh, centered um, market. That was Krista Castaneda is the name. And I'll tell you what, I'll even link that interview on the website as well. I do remember that she was the author of a T Boone's Pickens book, the last trial of T Boone Pickens. There's a name for oil and gas, but I, I wanted to end, I guess, last question as we kind of wrap up here. Looking at the clock, um, I wanted to ask you about an article that I got emailed to me this week and basically talked about in Asia. It's from the Asia Times, uh, and the headline is quite simple. Drop in oil prices gives crypto miners an edge. And I thought, you know, I got to get Tom on here because this is a great headline just for a little education. And you kind of mentioned it in your last answer and you alluded to it in your first answer, but... This really kind of allows somebody like yourself to, to explain why a drop in oil prices does give crypto miners an edge, because I assume that you know the answer. Yes, I hope I do. Um, <laughs> you know, I would say for you remember that this particular industry is extremely young, right? Uh, the I would say the the oldest that it's that the oldest company that's been doing this has probably been around about 18 months. So it's extremely young in terms of where we're at as an industry. Um, the, the drop in the oil prices, what it has allowed um, to flourish is a lot of conversations with oil producers where they would never have given Bitcoin mining a second look because their gravy train uh, was oil. Um, and that was, you know, that they didn't have to, I mean, even gas plays second fiddle 
to oil when oil's rocking. And so uh, when that happened, it really, I would say, shifted things to say, okay, how can we be more efficient with the molecules that are coming out of the ground and how can we maximize that? And I would say the last four or five months has really drawn a lot of attention and more so um, a lot of uh, developments in oil companies and EPs investing in this themselves, or at least starting R&D projects where that never would have happened before. And so we, we, you know, we very much believe in a future where uh, most of the, the largest Bitcoin miners in the world will be energy producers within five years. And it's very similar, uh, similar to what you're talking about, this article. And the article basically is talking about how the low oil prices have obviously created opportunity just because of low oil prices that if somebody wants to invest in cheap energy they can it's it's made the the cost less but the chinese miners have also benefited because it's created low uh cost and it's uh there's been coal plants that have have powered up and renewables and and different things and getting to the end what what their conversation comes to is that it's allowed energy companies and Bitcoin miners to understand that it's based on the unit cost of electricity, which uh-huh. is dominated in some places by the cost of oil. But what it's it's what you're saying is that this conversation and what he's saying is that it's more about the unit cost of electricity and energy than it is about the specifics. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So interesting that... Um, that's happening there. It's kind of a little bit of an existential market, and I think that's probably what's lost. You know, it's. I, I was interviewed yesterday for a. Um, it's called uh, Your Story, and uh, it's a uh, one of my neighbors. It's it's for his podcast, basically, and um, we were talking about. He was asking, you know, what I think the biggest issue is in today's world, and I said. I said, quite honestly, I think the last 20 years, you know, if you go back to really Steve Jobs and, and Bill Gates, when they started putting the Apple computers and, and um, windows into the schools, the kids, actually, the youth are the ones that were trained for the workplace. So when they, they got out into the workplace, the older people who were supposed to be the mentors are trying to figure out the, the 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 how and the why this is going on, while the younger generation is just trying to see how much cool stuff the technology can do, if that makes sense. So it seems like we almost got a, a communication breakdown there right out of the gate, you know, because the, the kids, they're being trained for how to apply the new technology right to the marketplace. And then the people that are in power are saying, whoa, you got to explain what's going on here. So yeah, um, anyway, that's how I look at at, at this market right now. Yeah, and I, and I would say to your point about China, uh, what's unique in Bitcoin mining, and this might be um, beneficial for your audience, is that there is absolutely a global industry of a Bitcoin miner. So here in the United States, you know, we've got larger entities who are chasing uh, cheap energy prices from a, a, a varying degree of, of sources, whether it's some hydro or on the grid, or in our case, oil and gas, which we believe is the growth um, component of the United States Bitcoin mining um, sector. In China, it's a little different. Most of the hashing, or we, we call hashing, it, it's the computing power that powers the Bitcoin network, is 
for the most part, in China. Um, that's because they have an advantage of having uh, a lot of the manufacturing for these specialized computers that are, it's, it's in China, so that supply chain is ready to go. What they have that we don't is a, an enormous amount of hydroelectricity. And so their seasons there are very cyclical. They've got a rainy season over there where Bitcoin miners actually migrate to these uh, high rain areas where there's uh, these very large hydro dams. They have some of the largest hydro dams in the world. I think out of the top 10, they have constructed like seven out of the top 10 um, largest hydro dams. And so these Bitcoin miners go to these areas, almost like a migration. Then in dry season, they go back to where the coal areas are and they play this arbitrage game of cheap energy prices. And so uh, from a, you know, look from a global macro perspective, it's, it's really fascinating to watch how the energy arbitrage happens. And I believe, you know, the oil and gas side of things is just starting here where, where folks are starting to realize that they can pull on those levers. And so we're going to see a similar impact, I would say, within the next one to two years here in the United States. How can people get in touch with you or learn more about your guys' company? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can go to uh, www.gam.ai, and that's Great American Mining.